Let me share with you uh, just for a moment the message tonight. And am I a little hot here or not? A little loud? loud? Yeah. Uh, the, the message tonight. And uh, last week we talked about the Word of God and how important it is. And as I was praying about this message, I just kept hearing this over and over again. And God said, and God said, and God said, and God said. And, and finally, the Lord began to give me th this, uh, this message. It's not the sound man's fault. I waited too long to put this on. But am I getting louder and louder? Or what's... I'm doing all right? Oh, okay. Do I sound loud up here? It's or reverb. It's oh, a little it's bit reverb. of reverb. Uh, no, I'm not, it's not reverb? No. It's not reverb. It sounds like reverb. Let the light man go up and help. <laughs> Maybe we're supposed to sing. He knows how things what are you connected do. I know. back here. You crank up reverb. All the ladies like a lot of reverb, right? Yeah, yeah. So anyway... As I was praying about this message, I kept hearing God said, and then it really dropped into my spirit, and I was sharing it with Pam. From the beginning of the Bible until the end, whatever God said came to pass. And everything that's written in this Bible prophetically that we are living in that period has come to pass. Israel is a great example. Uh, the, the birth of Israel in, in May 14, 1948. So if you look at, and God said, and everything has come to pass, is coming to pass, and will come to pass, then you and I need to know what God said. Now, I pray that you will not misinterpret what I'm about to say. So turn to your neighbor and say, you look pretty smart. Yeah. We walk by faith and not by sight. And our faith is based on the word of God. But what we're going to talk about tonight is, if you don't know what God's saying, you have to stand on the Word of God. But you should know what God is saying, because God will never not tell you what He wants you to know. So if you're going through something, and you just flip in here and find a scripture and stand on it and think that's faith, that is not faith. You just found a good scripture to stand on, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if God is telling you something, you can stand on that, and it's going to come to pass. How many of you, that makes sense to you? Can I see your hands? I want to make sure I'm not misleading you. Because you will hear say, walk by faith, not by sight. Read the Word of God. Stand on the Word of God. All of that is true. But from the very beginning until the end, when God spoke, everything fell into place, and it came into existence. That's how this entire world came into existence. God said, and it was so. And uh, really, there's nothing that you can find that he didn't say it before he, it happened. Mm -hmm. So what we say and, and what we proclaim, what we declare, needs to be what God is saying. If it's what God is saying, then we know that the power is on that word. The authority that Brad talked about is on that word that God said. Now, in Genesis, uh, and we're not going to read through there, but I just want to share with you real quickly here. <clears throat> this is Genesis chapter 1. Verse 2, the earth was void, the Spirit of God was hovering, then God said, and there was light. Verse number 6, then God said, let there be waters in the firmament, there were waters, it was so. Then God said, let the, let the waters in the heavens be gathered together, it was so. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, it was so. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament, and it was so. Then God said, let the waters abound with abundance, and it was so. 
everything on and on, eight different times right here in this little segment. God said, God said, God said, God said, and it came to pass. Now, if we get to the point when we realize, and honey, this is what I believe. I believe we have entered into a time period like none before where the most important thing we must know is what is the Holy Spirit leading us. When we look at what God said prophetically about the time frame and the end times that we're living into, we are going to have to know what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do. When to go, when to stop, when to, when to sow, when to reap, when all of the things that He wants us to know in making decisions. We can't stay on cruise control. We have to know what God said. And we can't just go by some scripture we heard somebody say that it worked for them. How many of you have ever heard, you know, people say, well, you know, so-and-so said, and I'm, I've got that scripture. I'm, that's the scripture I'm hanging on to. They really have nothing within them to hold them steady in that scripture because it's someone else's word that now they're saying, but it was never birthed in them. It's just something they heard somebody and they liked it. So they decided to say it. Now, sometimes you'll hear a word someone says, and it just like hits you and you know, that, that's for me. But I'm talking about where, you know, you just hear somebody's testimony and they say, and God told me this. And you think, well, I need that. I'll just start saying that too. And, and maybe your life isn't even close to being where that scripture is going to come to pass. The devil will take that and disappoint you and tell you God didn't come through for you when it was never God for you to start out with. But he will make God look like he's the one who failed. Do you understand what I'm saying? And then people get disappointed when never was that, were they ready in their life to walk at that level that that person had just told that story. I was, I was reading the other day and you know, God's, God's a principle God. His principles are the same always, but he tells one person one thing and he'll tell another person another thing. And you can find in scripture where he told maybe David this, but he told Joseph this, but he, he's still the same God, but he told him something different. So he could tell Miriam something that maybe he wouldn't tell Wilma, but for Wilma, she has to have this word and Miriam has to have this word, but it's still the word. Are, are you getting it? And so we need to now make sure that our rhema word is matching the logos word always. But we need to make sure we know the rhema word. For our, rhema being the word that we hear from God specifically for what we need. And uh, I believe we're in a day where it's more critical than it's been maybe 10 years ago. You know, the, it says that gate gets narrower and narrower as we go toward the end of this thing. It says it's real wide road and then it gets narrower and narrower until we get through that gate. So uh, not the gate, but the road is definitely narrowing. It's a good word, honey. I believe more and more, I didn't bring mine tonight. Well, I did. It's in my car, but uh, I believe that we're in a time frame right now where we're going to have to be living not only out of the word of God, but out of our prayer journal. What God is speaking to us. Turn to your name and tell him God speaks to you. God speaks to you. God will never not tell you what he wants you to know. And the last thing that he told you is what you're supposed to be doing about the situation that you're in. And when you do that, that is faith. That is faith that will not stop and it will produce after its own kind. And I learned something today. I was praying and, and I felt like the Lord was giving me Jeremiah 1.12. Jeremiah 1.12 says, I, will, uh, I, I have always quoted this like this, that God will hasten to perform his word. How many of you have heard that before? Mm -hmm. Can I see your hands? God will hasten to perform His Word. That's not what it says. 
it says, God will hasten his word to perform it. Mm. In other words, I've always quoted that wrong. Always, always. Only mistake I've ever made. No. <laughs> uh, in other words, he hastens his word to give it to you so he will. <laughs> I, I'm not going to comment. <laughs> I, listen, listen, I make a lot of mistakes. How many visitors do we have? Can I see your hands? We had visitors, didn't we? Yeah. yeah let's give him another warm welcome. Yeah. One, two, three, four. We're, we're glad you're here. I make a lot of mistakes. I really do. I never, I never make an intentional mistake. No, you don't. I never get you, up and say, you know what? Do. I think this is wrong, and here we go. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You do what you think is right, and then you find out later, what was I thinking? I must have been on something because I know it wasn't right. But he, but he hastens the word to perform it. What did he say? He hastens that so you'll know. He wants you to know what you need to know. I just want to drive that point home. He wants you to know what you, what you need to know. Does that, does that make sense to anybody? And you're standing and you're saying, you know, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit comes and says, I want you to exercise, lose weight, eat fruit, and eat vegetables. You say, ah, I don't have to do that. Glory to God, I'm healed by the stripes. Yeah, there's the devil again. And, and, uh, and then you get sicker and sicker and whatever. And all of a sudden you realize that, hey, I'm not doing what God told me to do. Let me just take a little sample right here. Everybody be honest. You're in church. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to be honest. How many of you know that God is speaking to you and you know things that you've heard from God? Can I see your hands? Real high. Everybody look around. So let's all say, he speaks. He speaks. This scripture right here in Isaiah. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. I'm not done. I'm right in the middle of a thought. Whoa. How many of you that just raised your hands know what God has shown you to do? Can I see your hands real high? Whoa, look at all those hands. This is a drum roll. I know. I've heard it before. How many of you have not done it? Would you raise them real high? Let's all say, oh, everybody look around. Not too smart. I know. No, you didn't say that. Not too smart. That's too low. Not too smart. Not too smart. Whoa. Now, now, it could be a timing issue. I understand that. But if you know what the Holy Spirit is showing you to do, you're supposed to do it. That's called putting action to faith or faith with works and faith with action. And honey, we have learned it. I mean, I've learned this the hard way over the years. If God tells you something to do, you ought to do it because it's going to bring blessings and his will to pass in your life. Well, and God is smarter than we are. Could you all say amen? (laughs) And so when he tells us to do something, sometimes what he tells us to do doesn't make common sense even in our head. But to God, he sees beyond where we are. And so he'll tell us, you know, uh, this is just a personal thing, but um, (laughs) I had the Lord tell me back when I first started pastoring this church by myself, I need to exercise more and eat less. Well, I ate more and exercised less. (laughs) That was not what God said. I miss. I got it backwards. But, uh, you know, I kept hearing that. Well, now God, my doctor has started writing me notes. You know, at the Arnett Clinic, you can look at your, your chart and know what they're saying about you. And every time, well, the last two times I've had blood work done, the note from the doctor is less carbs, more exercise. I'm thinking, listen, that guy hears from God. 
I mean, but really, it's God now including other people in telling me. See, God is insistent. So the other night, we went to eat, and I ate fish and two vegetables. Of course, the next night, I ate a steak and a baked potato. (laughs) Kind of offset each other. But, you know, I just couldn't eat one more vegetable and one more salad. But I believe what God said. Do you believe what God says? Then, then we really have to push ourselves to do what God is saying. We have to push through that resistance that we'll always feel from the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. It's just there. Now, let me paraphrase. That's a good word. Let me paraphrase just a couple of things here. In the Old Covenant, whatever God said came to pass. If the people lined up with what He said, if they didn't do what He said then they were many times going into captivity. They lost the blessings from God, not because God didn't want them to succeed, but because they did not follow the plan of God. In the new covenant with Jesus, he came and all he did was what God said. He did the will of the Father. He said in John chapter 5, verse 19, John chapter 5, verse 30, John chapter 6, verse 38, I've come to do the will of the Father. I only do what I see my Father do. I only do what my Father tells me to do. And that was the Son of God who only did what God told Him to do. Now, in the new covenant, we have been given the blessing of the written Word of God, but it has not changed. We are called to do what God tells us to do, as Pam said earlier. Whatever God is telling you to do, that's what you're supposed to do. That is truly the only way you can walk with the faith in the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, the current manna to know exactly what to do in every situation. And honey, when Abraham heard the Word of God in Genesis chapter 12, he said, I want you to leave your family, leave your land, and I want you to take off knowing not where he was going. And it was all accounted to him as faith, even though he had a couple of challenges along the way. But he basically did exactly what God said, only knowing that God said, do this. He didn't know the next step or the next plan. How many of you are figure-outers? You, you have to know, if, if somebody tells you something, then you take count the costs literally. You want to know everything about how it's going to work out. It doesn't work that way with God. God tells you to take a step, you take a step, and then you take the next step. It reminds me of the kind of faith, I heard somebody minister on this years ago, that, that in the old coal mines, they had, first of all, birds that were there to, for the gas, and, and, uh, but they had the candles on their forehead, the light that would shine off of a reflective thing, and they could see three, four, five feet ahead of them, but to see the rest of what they had to do, they had to go three or four or five feet, not knowing exactly what they were going to encounter. But once they took the step, then they could see the rest. And it says, you know, in Romans that when, when Actually, Abraham stepped out into this, that God accounted it to him as righteousness. And it goes on and it says, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced. Everybody say fully convinced that what he had promised, what God had promised, he was able to perform. Yeah. 
Seven, so, he was 75 years old when God called him. Mm -hmm. 75 years old. Mm -hmm. that, that doesn't ring true with us today. We know that there's a difference in the world with age and everything because of the fall and everything, everything that had continued, the lifespan had continued to decrease. But the basic lifespan is 120 years. That's written in the Word of God. That was given to Josh, uh, Moses. And uh, that's, that's what we have today. But what happens is when... when I think all of us are probably totally convinced that God can do whatever God wants to do. How many of you are totally convinced? Can I see your hands real high? Okay. But then what God does is tells us what he wants us to do, and we're totally convinced that he can do whatever he says, but we're not totally convinced all the time that we can do what he told us to do. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Turn to your neighbor and say, now I'm getting it. What we have to do is get to the point when whatever God said, I am totally convinced that he can do that. And I can stand up here before you and say, I'm totally convinced God can do whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. But then when he starts speaking to me, then I think I'm just like you are. I have to determine, was that really God? You all know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Was that really God or not? We've got to establish the voice of God and that inner witness that we have, Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule in your heart, that we hear from God and that I know what God is saying and I'm recording what God is saying and, and, and that I think, I, I don't know how much faith this statement has as far as uh, applying to everybody here, but for me it's trial and error. To me it's trial and error. I write what I think God said, and then sometimes I find out that, no, oh, that wasn't God. I thought it was, but that, that was not God. So, so I'm not afraid to make an error in hearing what I think is God. Does, does that yeah. make sense? Or yeah. I don't want to introduce doubt and unbelief, but I'm not batting 100%. No, but it, God always, uh, if he knows your heart is to do what he, you thought he said, even if you've got it wrong, he'll help, he'll correct you along the way as you start moving, because he loves it that you trusted him enough to try to do what you thought he said. Yeah. I mean, that just blesses God because yeah. to you, it's faith. I mean, even if you're headed down the wrong path, uh, you know, it, it, you just, you, God will just grab a hold of you. But if you're just wandering out there, you know, not knowing where you're going, you're not really hearing from God, then you are uh, really attra attractive to the enemy. I mean, he sees you, he knows you don't know. So he knows he can mess with you. Because you have no root or assurance that you've really heard God, like we talked about last week when we talked about the sower sows of the word. So it's really important that we recognize this. And I was looking, the reason we know we can do what God says is because Jesus said so. Everybody yep. say, Jesus said so. Jesus. He said so in, in John 14 when he's talking about the Father, and he says uh, that greater works will you do than I did. Because I go to the Father. See, really, if you study even above that, he said to Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Well, what does the Father do? The Father speaks, and it happens. Yeah. Jesus came, he said, I only do what my Father says, because whatever the Father says happens. So when he says, greater works will you do than I do, because I go to the Father, what he's saying is, I am going through the door that will now be open for you to go to the Father, and whatever the Father tells you, you will be able to do, because whatever the Father says, 
will happen. And that's why you'll do greater works because you're going to know and hear from the Father. And how many of you know the church multiplied is so much greater than just Jesus alone. But now the door's been opened to the church, to everybody who calls Jesus Lord. The door is open and the Father speaks through what the Son did. It's all settled because he's seated at the right hand, but he speaks through the Holy Spirit. And that's why Jesus said, we will make our home with you and we will speak to you and you will know what to do. And when you speak, the father spoke. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, that's exciting. I just saw that because why did he tell Philip when Philip said, I don't know, I've never seen God. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What's the big deal? Because it's the Father that's the one who says, Jesus did what the Father said. And when he obeyed the Father, hell was split apart. <clears throat> Done. And now the door is open, a direct line. And that means greater work shall you do than I, because I went to the Father for you. Yeah. Amen. That is good. That is, awesome, that is that's, God. That's an awesome I mean, word, just, honey. Yeah. You know, Jesus Hallelujah. was on this earth through divine assignment, and he had to live the Word of God because he was the Son of God. He was God-made flesh. But on this earth, in this climate, he was speaking always and doing the Word of God. He was on divine assignment. You are on this earth by divine assignment. Mm -hmm. There is an assignment from God and a reason you were birthed into this earth in the time period that you were birthed. And there is a plan and a purpose for your life and the Holy Spirit is revealing it to you. And what happens to a lot of people is they do what they think God said, as I said earlier, then they realize, oop, that wasn't it. Let me see the hands of all the people who've ever thought you did doing something that God told you to do and it turned out not to be the thing. But you did it with a pure heart. God worked it for good in your life. And what happens if you don't if you don't get a revelation of this? You'll hold back from doing it the next time because you made a mistake over here. But you made it with a pure heart. Don't ever, ever, ever be fearful of making a mistake when you're following God. But move out. And if you fall down one moment, get up and and start all over again and say, God, I've learned a valuable lesson here. And you move right on again. I can't tell you how many times I've made a mistake doing exactly what I thought God said, only to find out that God's going to cover me and God's going to use it for good. And the next time I'm going to be a little bit sharper in that area and I'm going to learn from it. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Let's make this confession. Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of God, was on this earth, was on this earth by divine assignment, by divine assignment, and so am I, and so am Tell your I. Neighbor, so yes. am I. Amen. And that yes. we come out of our comfort zone. Matter of fact, we don't even have a comfort zone. We don't. Even, the boat that had the comfort is sunk, and we are walking on the water, and we're moving ahead to accomplish what God has for us to accomplish. And when we reach that goal. Joshua was a mighty, mighty man of God, and he served, uh, he served Moses, and, and he was the assistant to Moses, and, and I, you know, it doesn't exactly say that, but I think he was content serving Moses as a mm-hmm. servant. And then one day, he's the leader. Moses lives 120 years. Now Joshua's called, and Joshua was, so I, I don't 
I don't remember ever reading this, but somebody told me the other day that Joshua was 80. 80, 80, 85. Yeah, 80, 85 years old when he mm -hmm. got the call. Uh, not the call, but when, he, but when, when Moses moved when he on. When took over. And, and God told him something that, that just is so powerful. It's Joshua 1, 8 and 9. And, jo and God was basically giving Joshua leadership instructions. And the leadership instruction was that if you will meditate my word day and night, you will have good success and you will be prosperous. And they tells him, don't be fearful, don't be dismayed. Uh, and, and that Joshua took those words to heart and became a mighty man of God. And what he did was basically live in the God said realm. Timidity is an enemy. Timidity. That's where the enemy tries to back you down. And that's why it's so important. You know, uh, I'm sure that Joshua, even though he was that age, he had never led that many people. How many of you know age doesn't help you in every situation? <laughs> you know, your age, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the knowledge of God that you have. You know, a 29-year-old, a, a a 30-year-old, we watched Pastor Billy Joe Doherty lead us by the time he was 37 into a huge, huge building project that was millions of dollars, and he was a young man. I mean, and he accomplished that because of what he believed, not because of his age. His age didn't hinder him. His age didn't help him. It has nothing to do with that. Joshua did what he did because he knew God. It even says he would stay in the presence of God even after Moses left the tabernacle. It says, if you read it, you can read it in Deuteronomy, you can read it back through there, that he stayed in the presence of God. He knew God, and he stayed in that place so that when God spoke those words to him, there was no timidity because he knew God. See, timidity comes when we're not sure that God really is going to come through for us. Not that God can't do it, but is he going to come through for where we are at in the situation? You know, that's really good what you said. And when you said that about Billy Joe, it's going to fit exactly what we're talking about Joshua here. Because when Pastor Billy Joe Doherty was that young pastor, he prayed and he thought he heard God. And he bought a, a tubular steel air dome. And, uh, and, and the church, over a period of time when we got there, ended up being $3 million in debt. He could not pay the debt service on that loan. It looked like the church was failing. The church had grown, but the church was not able to service the debt, able to service all of the bills, and able to service the salaries. And finally, one day as he was praying, God, and standing on every single scripture that talked about prosperity, God spoke to him and said, you've missed my will. It is not my will that you build that air dome. And he had to stand before the congregation, not had to, he did stand before the congregation and said, I have made an error. I have taken you the wrong direction. We're selling the air dome. I have repented before God. I repent before you. Now we're believing God to sell that. And it was right during the middle of a recession. And God sent Sam Walton to Tulsa, Oklahoma, saw the parking lot that was, a, that was an old car dealership that looked like a church, that was a church that looked like a car dealership. And he looked at it and he said, let's buy it how much they want. They won $3 million. We're $3 million in debt. He said, give them $3,100,000. 100000 extra. I'm going to knock the building down and put in a Sam's. The church went from $3 million in debt 
to $100,000 in a bank in one single day. Glory to God. I mean, it was so exciting. And we were just all in this as a part of it. And to see a man of God stand up there and say, I was following God, but I found out I was following the wrong thing. It wasn't God, and we're going to change direction. Joshua, when he was given that assignment, God spoke to him and said, everywhere the sole of your sandal will stand, you will take that property. And the first time out of the chute, where did he go? Jericho. And he won. And, and he won. Why did he win? Because he did what God said. Because he did exactly what, you get an A plus, you get a star by your name. He did exactly what God said. Now, he could have walked up to Jericho and said, man, I'm putting my sandal sole in that city and we're going to take it. No, he didn't do that. He said, God, how do I do it? And God spoke to him. He had fighting men of God who knew how to kill people and cut people up and do things for the kingdom of God. Gory, isn't it? Hallelujah. But anyway, they knew how to do that. And so here comes Joshua. I, I still cannot get a visual of this. Here comes Joshua in front of all these big guys ready to go and cut things and do stuff. And, 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 and Joshua says, guess what, guys? We're just going to march around that city one time every day. We're going to blow the ram's horn, but all the rest of you, shut up. Don't say a word. And then on the, I don't even know if he told him the whole story. He might have just said, let's do it every day. And all these guys said, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's got to be more to that story than that. But the basic bottom line of the story is that God said, on the seventh day, you'll march around that city. And when I tell you to shout, you shout, you tell the people to shout, and the walls will come falling down. And that is exactly what happened. They went in and they took Jericho because God said and somebody followed what God said. And the second one, he didn't follow what God said because God didn't say. And that was a defeat. Everybody say, it didn't happen. But then when he repented, everybody say, repented, came back to God and said, you know, what happened? What did we do? And God said, you didn't do what I said to do. You, there, were, there were actually idols, everybody say idols, that were taken and that were not supposed to be taken. And it ended up that God gave them new instructions. When God said, everybody say, when God said, they went to AI and they won. Everybody say, when God said so. You know, God knows what's going on. Now, here's my interpretation. In Galatians chapter 6, he did what God said, and he was successful, and he won. Galatians chapter 7, there was sin in the camp, and they need to get rid of the sin in the camp. But he never asked God what to do. I believe if he'd asked God what to do in the first battle of Ai, God would have said, you better not do anything because you've got sin in the camp. God will always warn you. God will always tell you. But he never asked God. I believe Joshua did what you and I sometimes do, and it's the last thing in the world we should ever do. He consulted the people, and he asked them, what should we do in this battle of Ai? And the people said, ah, well, we're really tough. Don't worry us. Uh, Just send a few of us up there and we'll kick their behinds and we'll do our thing. Now, this is my interpretation. That's not found in the Bible. And, 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 And Joshua, coming off this tremendous battle of what God said, knew better, knew to meditate the Word of God day and night. The only thing he could have meditated in the first battle of Ai was what the people said. Can you imagine getting a bunch of people together and asking them what they think? All the opinions, all the different things that are going to come. 
I mean, we're, we're supposed to get it direct from God. And, and so then... We're not it, really sheep, though. It yeah. just means we're like sheep, but we're not really bad, you know. Bad? What did I say? Like, like, we, like a bunch of sheep. We, we, we talk. Bad. Sheep, no, sheep don't talk. I know. You thought sheep talked? Well, glory to God. <laughs> so anyway, but then... When it, Skip it. Now, now this, this, is where, this is where so many people, myself included in the past, so many people in the body of Christ. Joshua comes back from the second ba- first battle of Ai, and he comes back, and he's on his face crying out to God, God, why do we do this? He said, get up. What's wrong with you? You got sin in the camp. Get rid of it. And we start to blame God for the problem, but we didn't do what God said. Does that make sense? It, it, and, and so God spoke to him. And he said, get the sin out of camp. And Achan paid a dear sin, a dear price for that, and so did his family. Yeah. But then Joshua did what he should have done in the first place. He went to God and said, God, how, how do you want me to do this? Mm-hmm. It was brilliant strategy. You know the strategy? I Tell love, me. I love it. I love it. That means I'm not sure. <laughs> That means you're going to tell But when it. God said, I want you to send all this many fighting men to the gates of Ai, and then when they come up to fight you, I want you to retreat with all those men, and they're going to come out, and they're going to come after you. And, and while that's happening, you're going to position all the rest of the men behind the city of Ai, and when they come out after you, you go in and set the whole town on fire. I mean, this is gory stuff, but I love it. And you set the whole town on fire, and their hearts are going to fail when they see the fire. Exactly. Now, why did it happen? Because of the fire? Because of what they did? Because of all those things? Yeah, but the real reason it happened is because God God said. And you line up with what God said, everything happened. And it happened exactly the way God said. The people turned around, saw the fire. They just fainted on the spot. They turned around. They annihilated them, and they took it. And the rest is history. Amen. Joshua learned a valuable lesson. And... Joshua never failed after that. No, he, he and his household because he learned a very valuable lesson. I'm not doing anything unless I know what God said. Yes. And I don't know that it was idols. It says accursed things is what Achan took. But the cursed things were idols to God. Anything that was belonged to God that somebody else perverted and did something else with. Yeah. And so it was cursed. But I, I, but I do believe this. If you read the end of the book of Joshua, this is what it says. Not one word that God spoke failed. Doesn't say about Joshua. It says not one word that God spoke failed. That's what happened in the book of Joshua. That's awesome. That's an awesome testimony. And you know, even in our own life, uh, back to when Joshua, in that first battle of Ai, when he listened to the people. People are not the enemy, but people will use, but, but the enemy will use people. Does that make sense? People are never your enemy, but the enemy will use people. How many of you have ever had something God showed you to do and you went to somebody and tell them what to do and they say, oh, you can't do that. That, That's never going to work. There's nothing wrong with having people around you that will encourage, exhort, and edify you. I'm working on a message right now, and I shared this with somebody the other day, and they said, I don't know if I think that's right or not. And I said, I don't care what you think. But but the message is surround yourself with yes people. That is totally contrary to the world. Surround yourself with yes people. Yes, you can do it. Yes, you can make it. And and what happens then is that when we go to people for input, yeah, it's okay to get confirmation, 
But don't you ever go to people for leading of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. And I can relate to, we can relate to uh, uh, Abraham when God told him to, to leave the area of Ur and, and just head out. And uh, when God spoke to us in 1981, we had just gotten married and I was praying and, and this is all I heard. I just learned to pray. Uh, and, and God said, I want you to go to Tulsa. Most of you have heard this. I want you to go to Tulsa and you'll find the meaning of your life. I said, oh, what else? What, what else? That, that's all I ever heard. Go to Tulsa. You'll find the meaning of your life. Got in the car, went to Tulsa. Uh, the rest is all history, but how God spoke to us and showed us things and opened the door at victory yeah. that had nothing in my life preparing me for that or qualifying me for it. Going to Bible school, God put us in there and there was assistant pastors directing the Bible school, doing things we had no experience doing whatsoever. No qualifications. No qualifications, only the qualification of God saying, this is what I want you to do. But he had showed us that. And that time and time again, when we followed the prayer journal of what God said, we saw God's hand move time and time again. And if we happened to miss it along the way, we just chalked it up to experience and kept doing the same thing, following what we thought God said. You know, I was reading in uh, my trusting God today, and Joyce Meyer said, um, in the beginning, she asked God to help her with the $2 she had find tennis shoes for her child back in the day. She said, and seeing him do that now gives me faith to run an international ministry. Lots more dollars. And I was thinking about when I was alone as a single mom in 1979, and, and uh, my son John needed a, a baseball glove, and... Uh, I was supposed to get my hair done, and God had just said to me, uh, I want to take over the finances. I'm going to be the father of this house, and I'll take care of the finances. And I, I said to him, well, here's your first opportunity. John needs a ball glove, and he needs it tomorrow. And, I, and you know, that next morning, my mother called me. She hardly ever called. She said to me, honey, I went by the bank today, yesterday, and put $35 in your account. And that's exactly what I needed for the ball glove and to get my hair done. And today, when we operate a church, it's based, my hair's important. <laughs> John's ball glove, yeah, but my hair. <laughs> but you know what? God showed me that day. Okay, I'm in, you know, it was like the father gave me the money and took care of the family. From then on, that's what's given me faith. That was the beginning. I thought of that when I read Joyce Meyer. To, you know, this is a ministry that has an income over a half million dollars, over $500,000. And it's all going out to help people, to minister to people, to meet people's needs around the world. Now, we have to believe every week for that. Do you know, how many of you have gotten a letter from us saying, get your tithe in, we're out of money? Nobody got that letter, did they? It didn't come from us, if you did. Because church is different. We set a budget, and then we have to believe God for all that money all year. I mean, we don't have any, we don't hold sales on Saturday. You know, we're selling Jesus for $50 today. Come on in, you know, and give us your 50. No, we, the church has to live by faith and not by sight. And, you know, uh, we have a wonderful, wonderful accountant here, Miss Missy back there on the back row. She doesn't, Heather doesn't, ex I mean, when I said to her the other day something, she said, well, I guess we'll just have to believe for she, a lot more on that Sunday. She loses a lot of receipts, though. It isn't her. <laughs> we don't even need to go down that road. 
He's lost receipts. Every accountant we've ever had has lost receipts because right there. He never has the receipt. He always says, it's somewhere. <laughs> oh, we know that. It's Brad's fault. <laughs> Brad, that Brad? That Brad. <laughs> oh, that Brad. Oh, my gosh. Well, anyway, we have a wonderful accountant that when things are getting low, she can walk in faith with the rest of us. But we don't send letters out. We don't have to go. We don't try to go get money. We just start asking God to do what he said he would do. He said, I will give you an abundance for every good work. And so we just say, hey, Lord, remember, that's what you said. But we have to just wait for him to make that happen. But we have to walk by faith in the process. Do do you understand? So it's talking about the tithe. Some of you probably already heard this story. But years ago, I I don't know how many years ago, probably about 10 or 15 years ago, the lady who had a tragic situation <clears throat> had children and we were supporting her through benevolence I don't know but I think it was a couple hundred dollars a week but at that time it was quite a bit we it might, while, might yeah. not have been that much and she moved from this area to another area of the state not too far from here but a couple hours and stopped attending our church and and they came in through benevolence and said should we stop supporting her now and and I don't know everything I hear I know is not of God I know that I have to sort through my mind, but I try to pray about everything. And I said, well, let me pray about it. And, and, and all, all I heard in my spirit was keep supporting her. And so we continued to support her for a long time. And, and a couple of times people came in and said, why are we still supporting we her? Yeah. And I said, because God said so. That's what I felt. And, uh, and so we just kept supporting her. And I think a month went by, maybe two months went by. I don't know. She came in one day and she said, thank you so much for all the support you've given us. I don't need any more support. And we were at a pretty difficult time at the church right then. And she, now remember, everybody said, and God said. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, and God said. And, and, uh, and, and, and so she came in my office and, and she said, thank you and I, for the support and everything. She said, I just want to leave a check here. And she handed me a check and, and I didn't look at it. And that's happened by people before, but it's just face down. And I prayed for her and I prayed over the check and prayed a multiplication. She got up and left. And I thought, well, I probably should look at the check, give it to the accountant. And I picked up the check and it was a $16,000 check. We didn't invest in her for $16,000, but I was glad to take it. (laughs) Now, I I say that to say this. If you will do what God said, he will always take care of you. Always take care of you. That's why the most important thing in the season that we're in, especially in the end time season, is what did the Holy Spirit say? We have the same thing that Jesus said and the same equipment that Jesus had when he was equipped on this earth. And it's in John chapter 16, verse 13 through 15. And if you can turn there, I want to read this to you. Pam can read it. But it is such a powerful, powerful scripture that we have everything at our disposal that Jesus had. And this is Jesus speaking in John chapter 16, verse 13. You want to go ahead and read the first part, honey? You got it? Okay. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. And he's talking, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. that now I'm gone, I'm going to be going, when he, wrote, when, he, when he gave this, I'm going to be going, but the Holy Spirit's going to be with you, and he's going to show you everything that you need to know. He's going, he knows you personally. He lives in you, and he's going to tell you everything that God wants you to know. Everybody say, I have it. I have it. 
Verse number 14, He will glorify me, for He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Mm -hmm. All things the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that He will take what is mine and He, the Holy Spirit, will declare it to you. Everything that Jesus walked with on this earth, you have. And if we learn how to use it and learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit, we are going to do exactly what it says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. Every believer should walk as Jesus Christ walked. We have that power. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.